Let's actually stand together for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to be reading from uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. This is God's Word. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is God's word. You may be seated. I don't know if you've ever uh, taken a moment to really think about it, but have you ever wondered why we call Good Friday good? If you've grown up in the church, you maybe have an idea or you've thought about it at some point in your life, but maybe if you didn't, you've wondered why we call a day that remembers a gruesome execution a day that is good. W.H. Auden, who was a, a poet and a writer, said this. He said, Christmas and Easter can be subjects for poetry, but Good Friday, like Auschwitz, cannot. The reality is so horrible, it is not surprising that people should have found it a stumbling block to faith. So what is it that makes this day so good? Well, I think to be able to understand why it's good, we first have to understand the bad, or the bad that exists in reality, in our world, and in our lives. The gospel story tells us about this thing called sin. It tells us that our first parents, Adam and Eve, sinned in the garden, and mankind, ever since that, has perpetuated their mistakes and missteps. Mankind, ever since then, has sinned. The gospel tells us that sin, even the little ones, even the small little sins that we commit day in and day out, end up condemning us before a holy God. Sin casts our world and our lives into brokenness. It means that we stand before God condemned, deserving and awaiting the divine punishment that is coming our way. It means that you and I stand before God as people who are spiritually bankrupt, unable to earn our way back to God. You see, Good Friday is good because it is God's answer to our sin. It is God's answer to all the bad, all the things that have gone wrong in this world. Many believe that the passage that I just read to you uh, from the book of Philippians was one of the first confessions of the early church. And what that means is new Christians, when they came to faith, would gather together in homes And they would begin to recite these very words about Jesus, about who he is, and why he came. 
And these words tell us why Good Friday is good. Really, they tell us two things. The first thing these verses tell us is that Jesus' death was good because it was the perfect fulfillment of God's plan or God's will. If you remember back to the story of, of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, this is just hours before he is arrested, betrayed by those closest to him. And when he's in that garden all by himself, he prays a prayer that has always blown my mind every time I've read it. He asks God for another way. He says, God, is there any other way that this can happen? Is there another way that this plan could be accomplished? Do I have to walk down this path that is in front of me? But the answer was, this was the only way. It was the only possible way for sin to be taken care of. So Jesus says back to the Father, not my will, but your will be done. Verse 8, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And in that death, we realize that God himself, in the person of Jesus Christ, offered his life and died. A prophecy that was given thousands of years before in Isaiah chapter 53 said this, Yet it was the will, yet it was the Father's will to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for sin. You see, Jesus' death was good because it was the perfect fulfillment of the Father's will. But the second reason it was good is that Jesus' death was good because it was the perfect fulfillment of our greatest need. You see, the problem of sin isn't just a cosmic sin that involves the whole world. It's also a very personal problem. Personally, each one of us sitting here bears the guilt and the shame and the brokenness of our sin. And what Jesus' death means, it means that we are met in our greatest need, which is to be forgiven. Colossians tells us that Jesus, uh, that Jesus forgave all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with all its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. The penalty that you and I deserved was placed on him. And by faith, you and I can be forgiven. By faith, our debt can be paid. But if that wasn't enough, if forgiveness wasn't enough, there's even more to what Jesus accomplished that day. Because Jesus' death not only met our need for forgiveness, but Jesus' death meets our need for goodness. It meets our need for a righteousness or a goodness that is not our own. You see, it wasn't just enough to have our debts paid. We needed even more than that. Imagine for a second that you and I get into some sort of financial trouble and we rack up all sorts of debt that we wrestle with. 
And imagine that someone enters in and pays all of our debt off for us. All of it is wiped away in just an instant. And it's great that you and I, we're we're now out of the red. Our debt is paid. But you know what? We're still broke. Even though our debt is paid, we are still broke. And we have no hope of actually getting into the black. You see, Jesus didn't just pay our debt. He didn't just take us out of the red, but he also gives us our goodness. Not only is our debt paid, but all of the wealth and the goodness of Jesus becomes our wealth and our goodness and our righteousness. So that when we stand before God, we don't just stand before him as people who are freed from a debt, but we stand before God by faith wrapped in the goodness and the perfection of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Our sin went into his account and he paid the debt. And in the process, all of his goodness, his righteousness, and perfection goes into our account. And friends, all of this, All of this, by faith, can be ours. You see, Good Friday is good because Jesus came to perfectly fulfill the Father's will. And he came to perfectly fulfill our greatest need. And all he asks us to do, all he asks us to do is to stop trying to fix ourselves to own up to our sin and our messiness and our helplessness and to place our trust in him. And when we do, we find rest for our souls. I want to finish with this. This was, uh, uh, many of you know that I I teach over at the university and uh, I have many wonderful students. And one of my students came up to me uh, this past Tuesday after uh, a lecture I gave in the class And she said to me, she said, I was so inspired by the things we've been learning in this class. I don't hear that often, by the way. She said, I was so inspired by things that we've talked about in this class that I wrote a poem about it. And I read her poem, and I have to share it with you. I want to close with this. She wrote this. She wrote, I brought brought some palm leaves home today for the start of Holy Week, a time to consider the mystery of suffering. Hearing the story again and acting our parts, how fickle. The crowd shouting Hosanna to turn on him so quickly. The palms of last year are in the fireplace. The new ones go behind the mirror in the hall. To remind me that I am one of that crowd. Or an apostle who fell asleep in the garden that I am Peter, or even Judas. When singing with my friends in the choir, police sirens interrupt our hymns sometimes. But it's just as well. We need to be jarred, awakened to both brokenness and connection of a world awaiting Easter.